I'm Sam Debratka. I'm the campus pastor of our Statesville campus here at Grace Covenant. You know, today's the last of a three-part series where we're looking at the life of Samson, a judge in the Old Testament book of Judges. And uh, two weeks ago, when we first started, we actually took kind of an aerial view, our broad view of the book of Judges. And we learned that Samson is actually one of 11 judges that is identified there in the book. And we got a sense of the context. It was a very chaotic time, a very uh, rebellious time on the part of the Israelites as far as their relationship uh, to God. We also learned that in the midst of adversity, God is always at work. Always. We may not see it. We may not understand what he's doing, but we can trust that God is at work and we can trust that he's at work on our behalf. You know, last week, then we looked at the Samson a little more closely and we saw that Samson made a series of impulsive, emotionally driven decisions with devastating consequences. Through his situation, we learned a few things. We learned that consequences don't always come right away which really is why there's really that dangerous. If there's immediate consequence, we'd probably be more reluctant to do it in the first place. But because we can sin and we can do what we know to be wrong, and there's not an immediate consequence, we kind of get numb to that, um, our conscience telling us we shouldn't be doing that. But what we learn from Samson, Samson is that there is a day of reckoning and that our actions can, in fact, limit God's work in our lives. And so today we come to the end of the story. And we find that Samson meets another Philistine woman named Delilah, and he falls in love with her. Now the Philistine leaders who are Samson's enemies, they come to Delilah and they bribe her to try to find out the source of Samson's strength. And so what's interesting, on three different occasions, she tries to um, get out of Samson the, the secret to his strength. And Samson each time lies to her. And, there, and, her, and she's exposed as being trying to deceive him. But what's interesting is she doesn't give up. She continues to try to find out his source. And then we get to verse 16 uh, of Judges uh, 16. And it says, finally, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. So Delilah cut Samson's hair while he is asleep. And on the fourth attempt, we have a very different outcome. And that's where we're going to pick up our story here today in Judges chapter 16. We're going to start with verse 20, read a couple verses, and then skip down to verse 28. So follow along with me. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I will go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. But the hair in his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Let's skip down to verse 28. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the central, the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. 
Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple and the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the example of Samson, from whom we get to learn and observe and even apply some of the things that we can see in his story, apply them to our own lives. So God, give us wisdom and discernment this day. Holy Spirit, speak to us what you would have us hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt today in the middle of July um, because about a week ago, I discovered a poison ivy patch in the back and the edge of our property. Now, I'm, a, I'm well on the road to recovery, but you wouldn't know that by looking at my arms. And so rather than uh, cause a distraction for you, I thought it'd be just as easy to cover them up. You know, the interesting thing is I knew that poison ivy patch was there. In fact, it's the same poison ivy patch I found last summer. And while I took precautions to cover all the rest of my body, I didn't cover my arms. So the obvious question that you're probably asking is, why? Why would you go through all the precautions to protect the rest of your body and not cover your arms as well? And I wish I had a good answer for you, but I don't. I do remember thinking, you know, it is so beastly hot. I just, uh, I don't want to, you know, it'd just be even more hot if I, if I wore something long-sleeved. And so I remember having this thought, I'll be careful. I'll be careful so that the poison ivy doesn't get on my arms. And so what ended up happening is I made excuses and I, I rationalized it in my own mind. But really, I knew better. I did. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done something you know you shouldn't do? but you do it anyways. Or maybe you know you shouldn't do something, but you do it. And afterward, you're filled with regret. Now, let's face it. Relatively speaking, my regret over not protecting my arms is going to be short-lived. I mean, I, it, 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 again, I'm, I'm well on the road to recovery, and within a few more days, there probably won't be any other issues. Unfortunately, sometimes our actions have far greater long-term consequences. And when that happens, regret that we might have can lead to feelings of guilt and self-condemnation, making the consequences of our actions even more devastating to our lives. I have little doubt that Samson was filled with regret. Between verses 21 and 28, months have gone by. Samson's been blinded. He's been enslaved by the Philistines. He's pushing a grinding wheel to grind the grain. And he's doing this all day long to the point of exhaustion. All the time remembering who he used to be, what his life used to be like, what he used to be able to do. I remember, I, I can imagine him thinking about and regretting the fact that he threw it all away because of some poor choices. The thing is, the more I've studied the life of Samson, the more I realize it's not just a story about him, it's a story about us as well. Although we are uniquely different as God's creation and purposes, the one thing we all share in common is failure. The question is not, will we fail, but how we will respond to the failure when it does happen. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from Samson. Now, before I go on, I think it's important to make a distinction between failing in general 
and failing before God. Now, there may be a time when we try something, whether it's to start a business or there's some other venture or something we do, and it doesn't work out and we fail. And while I in no way want to minimize the impact that might have on your life or the significance that could have, it's still distinctly different than failing because you did something you knew to be contrary to what God would want you to do. Samson failed because he knowingly disobeyed God. And yet, in spite of his failure, we see that God wasn't done working yet. So, for us today, from the life of Samson, we can see a few things. I think one of the things that we can see is that a failure is an event. It's never just a person. Remember the words from the angel of the Lord when he first went to Samson's mom and, and, and prophesied or predicted that, Samson would, that she would conceive and Samson would be born. The angel of the Lord said, he, Samson, will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And then what did we just read a few moments ago at the end of the story? Thus he, again Samson, killed many more when he died than while he lived. So Samson did fulfill what God had wanted him to do. Yes, Samson's life didn't go the way God originally planned for him. But even though Samson failed God, God never gave up on Samson. Just because you may feel like you failed God in your life doesn't mean you're a failure. Don't allow an event or an experience to define you. Failure is an event. It's not about the person. From the life of Samson, we also see and also observe that when we fail, a natural response is, response is remorse. The better response is repentance. As we read the Bible verses a few minutes ago, did you notice that Samson never repented before God? He never acknowledged his failure. He never said, God, I sinned against you and I did what was wrong. He, he didn't say anything like that. In fact, why did Samson ask God to give him back his strength? Right there in the passage, it says that he wanted his strength back so he could get revenge against the Philistines for making him blind. But Samson never repented and failed, or never repented for his failure. You know, when I think about others in the Bible who sinned and failed God and then repented, People like David and the Apostle Paul and others in Scripture, when they repented, God restored them. It makes me wonder if the outcome would have been different had Samson repented as well. While it's natural to feel remorse when we fail, it's much, much better to actually repent. Remorse is when you feel bad for your decision or action, but repentance is owning your failure and bringing it to God. Remorse will keep you stuck while repentance moves you forward. Here's the thing. You can't unsin. You can only repent. And as you repent, you discover the mercy of God that redeems and restores. First John tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we fail, a natural response is remorse. A better response is repentance. Lastly, from the life of Samson, 
we can observe that even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes in and through us. And I want you to hear the story about how God's purposes are being worked out in someone's life in spite of their past failures. So my name is Gabe Allran. I'm from Lincolnton, North Carolina. I grew up in a small town going to church. I remember playing in the pews of the church. And so I knew God from like as a child. Along the way, I I, I got lost, meaning, you know, I, I was a normal kid that was a part of the party scene. And when I got to college, my partying escalated into like drug abuse. And before I knew it, I was full blown addicted. So I became a part of the community down here who, who kind of just, of other people who had been through what I had been through. And someone asked me, um, do you think that God forgives you? And, and I said, yeah, I, I believe that he does. He forgives our behavior. And, and he said, well, then if God can forgive you, then don't you think you should forgive yourself? And that moment I realized that it wasn't that God wasn't going to forgive me for what I had done. It was that I couldn't forgive myself and allow myself the opportunity to step into my faith and become a part of the church or become a part of the community because I felt like I I had done wrong. Through my recovery process, I became a part of the church, became a part of allowing myself to be open again to to God's grace and and that he does he loves me no differently no matter what I've done the best part of this is that he has used that journey that I went on that I thought was the end of my life or the worst thing that ever happened to me or something I could never recover from or just you're a drug addict you'll never be anything he has used that part of my life to now be the highlight of my life. Now I get to help on a daily basis other people who are still going through the middle of that journey. You know, he basically took my worst moments and has made that the highlight of my life, the biggest blessing in my entire life. I suspect each of us has something in our life that we wish wasn't there. Something in our past that we wish somehow we could have avoided. Maybe it's a failure. Maybe it's weakness. Or maybe it's something you did or something maybe even you didn't do but wish you had. Something that might cause you remorse or even feel ashamed. You know, I used to think that following God's will for your life was like a straight line. Then if you veered off the path, you missed God's will. And that at that point in time, you were of no value to him anymore. He couldn't use you. I came to realize that's a very narrow and a very limiting view of God. He is so much bigger than that. What changed my mind, what changed my thinking on this was the smartphone, specifically the GPS. If you've used it, you know, you set in your destination and it creates a turn-by-turn guide for you. 
Now, what happens if you make a mistake and miss your turn? Or, or even if you choose to disobey, you say, listen, ah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go this way. And so you consciously choose to go a different direction. What happens? It recalculates your route along a new and different path. Now, it might take a little more time. It might be, cost you more gas involved, but you will get to your intended destination. With a GPS, it's the destination that matters, not the path itself. I believe it's the same when we fail before God. There may be consequences for our actions. And more more often than not, that is the case. And life might take a different path than the one God may have originally wanted for you. But... I believe one of the most tragic things a person can think is that their past sins and failures disqualifies them from God using them in the future. What we see in the life of Samson and in the lives of so many men and women in Scripture is that God will accomplish his purposes in and through us in spite of our sins and failures. The key is, will you repent and give him the opportunity? Proverbs 24 tells us, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Hear me when I say, it's never too late to do what God wants you to do. It's never too late. You may be down, but you're not out. Let me wrap up my time here by asking you three questions. First question is this. What strongholds need to be pushed down in your life? There may be a particular event in your past that's keeping you from moving forward with God. Second question is this. What failure are you moving beyond? Today is the day to put, behind, put, the, put them behind you once and for all. Third question is this. How are you going to do it? I think the best place to start is by repenting before God, surrendering to his lordship in your life and receiving his gift of grace and mercy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that uh, you never give up on us. What we see in the life of Samson uh, is that yes, he failed and yes, there was many faults and, and things were certainly not the way you originally designed. But God, in spite of that, Lord God, you never give up on us. Lord, all we need to do is to surrender our life to you and and to give you lordship in our life and to purpose to live a life that would be pleasing to you. Lord, repent when we've made errors, even the most grievous of errors, the most grievous of sins. Father, you promise to, to never leave us or forsake us. And Father, you promise to forgive us. So Lord, may we do that this day. So my prayer is that if anyone is struggling with something of great significance and consequence, that you would in fact deliver them from any guilt or from from that sense of self um, or degradation that they're feeling against themselves, Lord, this day. And Father, I pray, Lord, first and foremost, if there's any here who are listening that are still trying to live life on their own terms and have yet to surrender to you, God, I pray that they would stop the struggle. And that rather than giving in, that they'd realize this is a step forward. That they would give their life to you and surrender every aspect of their life this day. So, Father, we commit ourselves to your purposes this day. 
And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, if you've made a decision to give your life to Jesus, at the bottom of your screen there's a banner. That if you click that, someone will be in, in response to you and will be able to follow up with you and engage you in a conversation. If you prayed or if you would like to pray with someone about something you're struggling with and maybe you're having a hard time letting go of your past and being able to talk to someone and, and have someone pray with you might be something that would be helpful for you today. Go ahead and enter something into the chat box there on, the, on your screen and someone will be in touch with you to follow up and to be able to talk with you. You do not need to carry your past into your future. Let me send you out today with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.